Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. listening to the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Smart Gilas Filipinas podcast. Stand C at your service to my right, Ro Moran. This is the SGB podcast episode number 26. Or as your friend Ray Moraldi, our friend Ray Moraldi likes to call you Stanley Sai. Jeez, man. I think <laughs> NBA 2K has also called me Sai multiple like times. Oh, yeah. really? That's Over what the years. Because, you know, um, 2K says, says my name perfectly. NBA 2K14 <laughs> is the first video game in years to have gotten my last name correctly. They say C. Oh, in NBA 2K14. Nagulat ako, bro. I was like, dad, dad, they finally got her name correctly. <laughs> For the first time in years, I have always been Moran in the, 2K4, in the 2K games. See, this is why I'm excited for NBA 2K15. I'm just really excited to get my hands on that and see, first and, first and foremost, if they can actually say my name correctly again. I'm sure they can. If they got it right in, the, in 2K14, I don't, I don't see why they won't get it right in 2K15. Damn it, Kevin Harlan. Finally, right? After so many years of people with the last name C buying your fucking game. I know it's a Chinese surname, but... Maybe there is a part of the world that actually does say it as Sai. No, here's the thing. I actually looked it up. Like, the first time they started calling me Sai some years ago, I think it was back when NBA 2K9 or 2K10 was released, I actually looked it up, and people in the U.S. actually had the nickname the Sai. Like, let's say their name was Simon or something, or like Seymour. Hey, Sai, what's up, man? So I, that's how I put two and two together. Yeah, that's one of the... Uncles in Duck Dynasty, you know, see, Uncle Sai. I don't watch Duck Dynasty, but you know, I just catch the commercials on the History Channel. So anyway, yeah, there is there are size in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's nice knowing that. But now that we're talking about video games, you and I were actually talking about this this morning. Uh, we're excited for the for the next gen video games, not just NBA 2K15, but WWE 2K15. Especially after the news broke out that my career has taken on a whole new level in WWE 2K. And that was the thing that I was waiting for ever since the WWE franchise uh, made its way from THQ to 2K. Say I know 2K to be good developers of sports video games because they put so much work, so much effort into the NBA games, and I expect I kind of expected the same thing with WWE because, um, as you as we all know, uh, what made the video games so special back in the day was uh, season mode or career mode, whichever way you name it. It's always been so dynamic. You can take anyone you want to play, be it. Uh, an existing wrestler or yourself in create a wrestler mode and simulate um, simulate uh, you know a dynamic wrestling career and we haven't really had that in the latest games and now they're bringing it back and I love it it's been 10 years since we've had something like a choose your own adventure style of a my career mode right and the, yeah the last time I had a honest to goodness 100% choose your own adventure style career mode was in 
maybe you know SmackDown vs Raw, the original SmackDown vs Raw. Danes, bro. Here comes the pain. No, no, is no, the no, last. No. no, yeah, I get it, I get it. But uh, SmackDown vs Raw still had choices, and even even SmackDown vs Raw 06 still had choices. And it was only in the recent uh, late 2010 games, uh, late 2000 games, that the choices were taken away in favor of a, a better written but straightforward storyline. And yeah, fine. Now, you know, sometimes we appreciate the storylines now that, that are just laid out for you know, RPG show. But at the end of the day, that's not how life is, right? Like, no matter what you do, everybody's gonna have their own path. It's not, and that's what excites me about this game because finally we're getting the old divergent paths back and it's not just based on two choices two forks in the road uh, based on what the creative team has written for the game it's actually based on stats and things you do within the game with that ties into the mechanics not just uh, following a storyline like no longer do you have to have squash matches week in and week out just for you to advance like you can lose and still go further in your career and that's a good thing right and that's like that's like my career mode in NBA 2K. And it's like a career, a wrestler's career in real life. Like, look at Sami Zayn. He hasn't won a big match in a PPV. And yet he's getting over as one of the biggest stars in NXT today. Because he's been having great dramatic matches. And you can do the same, according to the press release, in WWE 2K15. Because um, you don't have to win, but now you have to put out a good match and as determined by the game's criteria. And I must say, that criteria is looking very good. I'm I'm excited for it. Like I think this my career mode has been enough to sway my vote towards yes, I'm fucking buying a PS4 because the my career this dynamic my career mode is only available on the next gen consoles. And, and that's unfortunate because I was actually thinking of saving up for next year. Next year now that would be a PS4, but no. WWE 2K15 and Justin Nung of SGP. You fuckers. <laughs> you fuckers have enabled me to you know to just funnel my money into a fucking PS4. WWE 2K15 has to be a launch title. It should have been a launch title for the PS4 and the Xbox One. But now, if there is any game that would make people want to buy a, a next-gen console, it would be this and you know, and other sports games. I think 2K is in the right direction with this. See, you, uh, me and Ro, the two of us here are prime examples of people who've been swayed to consider it, seriously consider it. And I'm three weeks away from buying it. Right? I don't have a PS3 because I'm not that rich, but now that I got some money coming in, I'm considering, you know, splurging on a PS4. Yeah, but it, it, it's one of those things that are worth it. And I'm sure the women who are listening to this podcast will probably understand. And, but hey, you can do the same thing too because you can take a diva, a created diva, and run it through that same my career mode. Oh, I wasn't talking about that. I was no, talking no, no, about that. I'm just saying that if, if you have women in your lives that need to be swayed, Maybe you could show them this. Right, and then buy the camera bundle because then you can scan their faces and put them in the game as well. I didn't know you could do that, but that's awesome. It is. It, I, I know because in Creator Wrestler, I like to um, do it myself, do it manually the hard way. Okay. I, I pride myself in knowing how to copy uh, an image, a face, by doing it manually. Well, good for you because that's something I never got to figure out in all my years of playing video games, you know? Well... Technology is so has come such a long way. We've come so far, yeah. And that that's why I'm sure a lot of gamers out there, especially you guys who are tuned into the podcast, you're probably really, really chomping at the bit to get your copy of WWE 2K15. Because I am excited for this shit. I am excited to, you know, go to the Performance Center in Orlando, go through NXT. Go through go, Build a Mod. <laughs> go through fucking Build a Mod. And people are, are salty that Build a Mod is in the game. 
I don't mind at all. No, because um, other people should be in the game. If Bill DeMott is in the game. Well, and si Road Dog si Billy Gunn in game. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying those guys. But some people on the main roster are not in the game because of space constraints. Did you know that the Uso, the Usos have not been in the WWE 2K games as like as as characters in the DLC. I did not know this. They haven't been on the main game now at all. Now that they're tag team champions, I'm sure they are now. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But last year, dude, as as recently as last year, they weren't on the fucking game, and yet the PTP were in the fucking game. And now Bill Demott is in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Over some people, I think uh, Heath Slater will not be in the game originally. He will be a DLC player. I think Zack Ryder is probably going down that route as well. And Bill Demott is in the game. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is the NXT guys are in the game as well. That's right. As part of the NXT part of the journey. Right. So we're, we're excited to see guys like Neville, Zayn, Tyler Breeze finally getting their crack in, you know, in, in being a video game character. And good for them. Good for them. Really they good for them. We don't, now we don't have to make creator wrestlers of them. That's right. And now there are a lot of options for people like you and me, especially when we get SGP together for a video game night. Oh, God, it has to happen. It hasn't happened yet. It has to legit happen. This has to happen. And by the way, shout out to all the boys and girls from SGP who were at Renaissance last Saturday. What the fuck's wrong with you? But Come on, man. There were a lot of you, and we did not know. We, we didn't only... know who the fuck you were. You were. <laughs> no, no hate. I mean, we're not knocking against you, but come on, guys. Um, you can't expect us to stalk each and every fucking one of you. Yeah, I mean, we know what our friend MDJ looks like because he's he's got a very distinctive appearance, and we've, uh, we've known our boys. Mikey because he pointed himself out to us. Right. And but the rest of you, come on guys. Come on. I'm trying to be clingy and all. But eyeball naman, it was supposed to be a fucking eyeball. It's that I didn't want to come across as a douchebag who didn't come over and say hi to everyone. But right, I feel the same way. That's because I didn't know who everyone was. I only thought it was gonna be me, uh Stan our significant others, and then uh, the guys who said they were going to be there. But anyway, uh, it's been a fun week, actually, in the week of wrestling, and we're going to try to run the run this down as smoothly as possible. And let's start off with the list of things we like and didn't like about this week in wrestling. We call this list Spots and Botches! Our first item on the list is a botch, and I have a huge problem with this because I'm a stickler for continuity and for storytelling. Justin Gabriel has been coming out very inconsistently lately. I don't appreciate his booking because last week on NXT, he came out as the heel to Hideo Itami's face. So he came out like, you know, pandering to the crowd and pagpasok sa ring. He was trying to be the mayabang NXT veteran, trying to beat Hideo Itami down. This week, he comes out on NXT against Tyler Breeze, who's an established heel. And Tyler Breeze is trying to establish his, his mean streak after having lost in that fatal four-way match. And Gabriel was acting as the face. That's something I don't get. And then you bring him, bring him up to the main roster, and he's a good guy for being athletic and for being good-looking and for being a jobber. I don't get it. Why are we very inconsistent about booking Justin Gabriel? Now, there's only one answer to why we're being inconsistent about it. It's because he's not a big enough player to be, you know, to make any difference. But okay, the only people who will notice this, these things are the people who watch... NXT and I don't know superstars because that's the only other show he appears on. Honestly, because um, the that's I'm guessing that's what they're thinking that the only guys who will catch this are the geeks. And that's a damn shame, creative. I mean, come on, what do you think of us here? No, no. Uh, I learned today that it's not creative. It's always going to be Vince. Everything goes through Vince. It's about Reddit that yes, asked me anything. Yeah, Reddit. I don't. I still don't trust the guy, but I I do. 
uh, I do agree. I, I'm I'm not finding it hard to believe that Vince is okaying every little detail that goes on in the shows. Okay, fine, fair enough. But you know, uh, again, we can't just take one guy's word for it. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. But it's there are a lot of guys who are writing the stuff for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, S, uh, main event, whatever have you, and they cannot all be wrong. They cannot all be out of touch. So I'm really thinking that this must be Vince. So how long is Vince going to keep running this shit again? Until he dies. Yeah, amen. That's, that's what Hunter says. Man. I mean, you, you don't want to wish death upon anybody, right? But come on. All right, next item on the list is another botch, and I have a huge problem with this. This happened on Raw just yesterday. We're recording on a Wednesday night, by the way. This happened on Raw. Uh, Big Show had a segment with Rusev, and to, to close that segment to gain probably, I don't know, some momentum on Big Show's side, he took down the Russian flag. He didn't just take it down. He took it down with force, and it hit the, it hit the ground in the ring. And I find that problematic because no flag, regardless of which country it is, be it Iraq, be it Iran, be it Kuwait, I don't, uh, be it Senegal for, for all I give a shit. No flag you, deserves to be You're spotting off random countries there. You know, my mga kalaban naman ng gilas. Right, yeah, I know. But, but yeah, no flag deserves to be disrespected. And Russia is no, no. no exception. Here's the thing. It would have been okay if Big Show was the heel. The same, the same way it would have... The same way it was okay that Rusev did the same thing to Jack Swagger uh, a couple of months ago. Right, right. I mean, I don't know. I, I mentioned this in the SGP Facebook group. with the double standards. No, it's okay. Nga. If it's oh, it's okay if it's a heel. If it's a face, it's a bit iffy this time around because he's not. He's supposed to be respecting other people and, and their countries and their customs because he's a good guy. Right, and good guys are supposed to be upholding virtues and values that exactly. society upholds. Right, exactly. And that's where the disconnect lies. Not because uh, they did it again and not because it's okay because um, it's the USA um, doing, you know, doing the disrespect to Russia. You know, you know what my problem is now? Because I, I know that WWE issued an apology for it. Why did uh, they Big have... Show even apologizes on SmackDown this week. Spoiler alert. Right. So, okay. So, they apologize. So, alam nila na nagkamali sila. I mean, if they knew that, why did they still have to go through it? Like, did nobody have the sense of awareness to discern na, Oi, parang mali ata yung gagawin natin. I think we're going to ruffle some feathers along the way. Again, I'm telling you, it didn't, it, while this happened last time with Rusev, it wasn't that big of a deal. Because, well, for one, that was, you can play that off as kind of being accidental. Okay. Because he bumped Swagger from the from behind, causing him to drop the flag. Okay. And, you know, again, like I said, number two, it's that Rusev is a heel, and he's supposed to do heelish things. And heelish, heelish things do involve things like disrespecting other people's flags, for example. Right, exactly. So now, I think it's more magnified by the fact that Big Show, as a good guy, isn't supposed to be doing this. And I don't know, maybe they thought that since it was okay with Rusev, it was going to be okay with Big Show. I wonder, though, if anybody from Russia or, like, from the Russian embassy or something actually saw the segment and called it out. Like, I wonder what, what drove them no, to ultimately not. apologize. Probably not. I don't think it's someone from, from the Russian government, but it's someone from Russia, I guess. What, like a sympathizer or, or a, an ethnic Somebody Russian? Somebody has to. I think JBL mentioned that on Raw, that no matter what country it is, it's disrespectful to tear down the flag. I mean, you know, throw the flag down to the floor. And because... Si JBL na yung nagsalita, di ba? He's the bad guy commentator. So, siya na yung nagsabi, di ba? 
I don't know. So that, that's my that's my thing. That's that's the one thing I'm griping about. I guess. I think it's more of short sightedness with regard to that. I, it would have been easier to explain if Big Show were a heel. That's my thing. Right, right. But because he's not, ang dami na kailang imani obra. All right, uh, enough about that uh, That item on the list. Next item on the list, I think you have a lot to say about this. Cesaro has been on a mean streak lately, and that's a good thing. It is a very good thing because Cesaro is the man. He is the man, and he needs, and he's kind of holding up the mid card right now. Uh, you know, I think if we were to name a new SmackDown 6, quote unquote, um, what do we call him now? There's, it, there's no more brand split. Right, right. Well, I don't brand split. I don't know what the mid card six. The mid card six, I guess. Yeah, I would name Dolph Ziggler, Cesaro, The Miz, Sheamus, two other guys. How about the, uh, the Usos or like one of the dust uh, or the Dustbusters making an eight man mid card, deba, or an eight man group. Puede, puede. Like you have two tag teams. Yeah, they, they are. They are the ones who are consistent in the mid card. Um, Bray, I can't say the same for Bray because he's not always on. He's not always wrestling. To he's make... been on and off. Eh? Yeah, exactly. So I think those guys, those eight guys, are holding up the mid card right now, and that's kind of sad because you're kind of pairing them off with each other, and that leaves the rest of the mid- of the of the roster kind of floating around and not doing much. But I guess on the good side, on the flip side, what I like about Cesaro is over the recent weeks he's displayed this. I don't know. Uh, you called it hunger. I want to call it something else. No, it's hunger. I, I I would say if I were in his shoes, I would be really hungry because I know I'm good enough, but they're not giving me these shots. And this is what I see out of that hunger, right? I, I see Cesaro now as one of those perfect guys to build a franchise around. Like, you know how in the NBA or in the NFL, you have a franchise player. Right, exactly. You no, build I agree. Around. I agree with you. And Cesaro is a franchise player, and I'm putting it out there. Right. So, um, ever since he came back uh, to... The, to active wrestling ever since being not used on SummerSlam, he's been really good. He's been on a tear lately. He's been wrestling with a purpose, trying to prove himself, even though, uh, to me, you don't need to prove anything because I know Cesaro is good. I know you stick him with one guy who could work as well, and they'll tear, tear, they'll tear the house down. He's been doing it with Sheamus. Now he's doing it with Dolph Ziggler. Which and pro- the Miz. Which leads us to this next item on the list, which is pretty much Miz and Cesaro just switching their championship aspirations. Right. And I know we just mentioned the mid-card eight. Right. But this isn't good. Um, Coming from Raw, I think the storyline now is Cesaro is now going to be challenging for the Intercontinental Championship held by Dolph Ziggler because uh, he was screwed on SmackDown. Yeah. And Miz might now be challenging for the U.S. title held by Sheamus. And they basically traded their championship pursuits. And that's not a good thing, is it? It's not a good thing because uh, you kind of make the championships equal in a time when when they cannot afford to be equal. They and can't they, afford to be equal because they a brand split. Right, exactly. And they're not equal in a good way. They're equal in a bad way. Because um, now that they're both equal, why would I choose one over the other when I can just, oh, if I fail here, then I just go over there. That, that's, that's right. That's not really challenging at all. So no yung sense now you're the number one contender to the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, parang it, it, it's kind of like the law of supply and demand. There is no, the demand isn't that high because the value isn't that high. Ang sa akin naman is parang divisions, right? Yeah, like then, you have an IC division supposedly and a US division supposedly. Which worked in a brand split setting. And this is why we need the brand split. 
Yeah, and there's there are too many wrestlers on the roster. To too many competent wrestlers. Not just that. Just too many ros- uh, too many wrestlers to use on the roster to not have a brand split. Tapos yung, uh, tapos, so, look at you the other you guys. probably say that five hours is a lot of time, diba? Five hours is a lot of time if you no, have no, a brand no, no. split. There are seven hours devoted to the main roster. You got three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, main one hour of main stars. event, and one hour of Superstars. Granted, there's only two matches in Superstars, and it only amounts to, what, 15 minutes of in-ring action. But all the same, um, the well, Superstars is a D-show. All the all the lower card guys show up there. Main event is a C show. That's where the people who don't get that much time on SmackDown show up. Parang they get more time in main event and SmackDown than they do on Raw. Sayang it, cause like uh, I I've told you this off the air. Main event and superstars remind me now of Heat and Velocity from back in the day. Except Heat and Velocity actually still had that brand split as well. But remember, Heat was under the Raw brand and right. Velocity was under the SmackDown brand. That's right. So I guess like you could still split it up, split it up. Like have main event be a Raw sub brand or sub show. Let's have superstars be a SmackDown sub show. Or you know what? And this is slowly becoming uh, a majority opinion, opinion, as you said, um, of the IWC. Scrap SmackDown. Have NXT as your two-hour B show in the WWE. I think I think it works. Like I think it's one of those. Oh, and bring back Raw to two hours for sure. Put that in. No, I. No, I'm for sure. No, okay. not, no. You have to bring back Raw to two hours because three hours is too damn long, and you have a pre-show and a post-show. Actually, now that I think about it, oh, because. We've noticed, right? Now a lot of like you can you cannot watch the opening segment because as Raw goes along, especially leading into the main event, you'll see replays of the opening segment anyway. I, as I was telling Stan, I tuned into Raw yesterday at the middle of the second hour, and I was telling him, "Why are you watching the first hour when everyone's already here at this point?" And he tells me because I want to start from the start. Well, like as a yeah, viewer, I get it. I but, want to watch from point A. But it's a live show. It's a live streaming show, and I want to start from where it's it's it is right now because I want to be you know caught up with the people with my friends who are also watching it online or you know who my friends online who are also watching it or they're they're on their TVs or on the WWE network where whatever have you. But and oh, I could say I'm a social animal and I have to watch sports and TV shows socially in a social manner like that. Sure, and, you do that. I mean, that's your no, thing. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So and then I tell him. So I tell Stan, I'm gonna get a replay of what happened earlier anyway in the third hour, so I don't have to go back just yet. Okay. No, I get so that. It's not exactly can't miss TV because I get so many replays. Yeah, and th- that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing that Raw has been guilty of, I guess, over the last few years. But I guess in my defense, man, like you know, I'm I'm pretty social too. Like I don't mind watching the same thing with everybody at the same time. But I'd rather watch things on my own pace. Like if I'm gonna tweet about it, if I'm if I'm gonna post about it on Facebook, I do it on my own pace. So, I only do that when I have to. But like you know, when I can't. When you, when you have the luxury of time. Yeah, exactly. When I have when you know when SmackDown is on, whenever I'm home, and I can get to watch it as it happens. You know, stuff like that. Anyway, it's we're digressing here. Yeah, yeah, we are, we are. Uh, we were talking about Miz and Cesaro switching up their championship aspirations. One of those resulted in a very good match on SmackDown last week. That was Dolph and Cesaro for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, and you can tell though that they were kind of holding it back because they know they were getting, they knew they were getting more time sooner or later. 
And and that turned out to be the case because as it so happens, the other spot following this one is the triple threat match on Raw between Dolph, Cesaro, and Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. That was a solid opening match. Like, it was I think, a very good opening match. I think it was a very good one that really set the tone for the show. Like, If you're going to pick one match right among that card. I remember because I'm reading, uh, I'm not sure if it was an autobiography or something, but there was somebody, uh, th- this up-and-coming wrestler who always asked questions like, why is this match happening at this spot on the card? Right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of those good questions to ask if you're trying to learn about the business, if you're trying to learn about ring psychology or show psychology. And I guess like a match like Miz, Cesaro, and Dolph is is a dead giveaway. Na parang kailangan talaga a match like this, something to get the crowd going, something that gets people to invest in characters like characters like these three that the crowd has pretty much connected with. And this match is a prime example of three young hungry guys, you know, putting on a show to get noticed and to you know steal steal it pretty much. The ironic thing. Is that Dolph and Miz, they've both tasted that big belt, that big gold belt. Right. And and they're pretty much clawing their way back up to that spot. And I don't even know if they'll get it one day in the future. But, you know, for sure, Cesaro is going to be one guy who is going to get it because he's just damn good. He's too good to ignore. Actually, you know, Dolph and Cesaro are too good to ignore. Miz needs a bit more work again, you know, to get back to his old championship form. But... As I said, three young hungry guys, and whenever you have you know more than one guy who is willing to do everything it takes to steal the show, you can guarantee you can be guaranteed that it's going to be a good match. You know, without digressing too much, let me just say this: right? um, if there was still a brand split, and if there were still two titles, the WHC and WWE Championship. Miz, Cesaro, Dolph, any of those three would definitely be the number two main event guy, like with with the World Heavyweight Championship. If there were a brand split, I would not book the, w, the WHC to be a number two main event championship. I want it to be like the old days, na pantay pantay lahat. Actually, indeed, like in the old days, like if, if we're referring to the old days as no, yeah, no, yeah, I get it, I get it, yeah. World Heavyweight was over. Yeah, yeah WWE it was, it was, it was definitely for sure, but. The star power behind the WWE Championship was no, you know, was not was no small thing. You got Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, Big Show, you know, guys like those. Eddie Guerrero was not on the biggest, the highest level yet, but those guys were no slouches. Then again, John Cena, two, circa 2005, wasn't exactly on the same level yet as Triple H, 2005. Diba? Yeah, that's true. Imagine they're not on the same level. But then again, you can also counter that by the time Cena won his first title, si Batista, he, he also won his first title. That's right. So, parang level. But again, we digress. Yeah, and um, and then they did this and they did the switch. Right, right. And then they started raising their game up. But again, uh, we digress. Next item on the list is something that uh, we particularly like. We love entrance music, and we love it when entrance music makes an impact. Slater Gator came out with, well, they debuted their new song. With an audio drop. That's right. And not just that, they debuted a fucking mascot. They debuted an alligator. I'm not, was it Hornswoggle? Yeah, it was Hornswoggle. It was Hornswoggle. Right, so, but, so he left Los Matadores already. Hornswoggle was never part of Yes, Matadores. he was. He was a cow. Show me a cow? Yes. When did this happen? Well, he, he formed an alliance. He, he, he buried the hatchet with... El Torito. El Torito. Holy shit. And he became a cow. Holy shit. And, and they were running together for a while now. 
I didn't know this. Because I was, I was, I was, I was no, operating it, it, under it the was, assumption that uh, Hornswoggle was picking up from his 3MB feud with El Torito. No, no, no. They had the feud, and then they made peace, and then El Torito joined them as a cow. Okay. And then, I don't know, Hornswoggle joined them as a cow. Right, right. This is and kind of know, confusing. I don't know when that ended, but I guess... Horns- I don't know when this happened. Okay. It happened like a few, I think... If, uh, what, on Superstars? No, or no, 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 no not, not Superstars. It happened like on after... When was the last... Um, the, when was the last El Torito versus Hornswoggle match? Was it? That was before SummerSlam for sure. Money in the Bank, I think. Ba- so, something along those lines. After they had the last match, they shook hands, and then Hornswoggle joined them as a guy. I think this was after. This was after Three MB split. But, uh, but at least now we know that Hornswoggle is a bad guy again, and he's under the alligator costume, and you can see his face. Like in this shot, ni ng bunny or ni. Ni uh, El Torito, and you don't I see lo- their faces. I love it. I love mascots. To, uh, to be honest with you, and even I, the swagger soaring eagle, even the swagger soaring eagle, Jeez. only because it was Chavo Guerrero under the suit. <laughs> because, and and for that, the swagger soaring eagle was a good wrestler, and the bunny is also a good wrestler because it's either Sami Zayn or Justin Gabriel. The bunny is way better than Adam Rose. Oh, for sure. No, no arguments there. And now that we have all these animals, I think we should institute. An animals division. So we've come fuck, so far. Fuck the cruiserweight division. We need an animals division. We've come so far from I having would put, a women's division, a cruiserweight division, a midgets division. Remember when they called it the juniors division? And now we, now you're proposing to institute an animals fucking division. El Torito is a good wrestler. The Bunny is a good wrestler. Bring back Swagger Soaring Eagle. Bring back the Gobbledygooker. Good God. And... <laughs> And make a championship belt, the animals' championship, and put it on the bunny. man? I would, I would watch the hell out of that. Swagger soaring eagle versus the bunny, or El Torito versus the bunny. Do you know how good of a matchup that is? Do you know how much? Well, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm gonna break kayfabe here and say that El Torito was formerly the midget Mexican wrestler Mascarita Dorada, who was a very well-renowned. Midget wrestler, right? And now he's and not just because he's, and, and you know, midget wrestlers in Mexico are taken very seriously, they're along not, with drag queen wrestlers. They're not, yeah, along with drag queen wrestlers. They're not comedy bits. They're they're actual wrestlers who just happen to be you know below five feet. But of course, in the WWE, they're reduced to comedy acts because Vince McMahon. Exactly. So I'm saying that this could work. You know, it, you don't present it as something that's so serious. You just presented something as fun. Something something lighthearted, something a lot of people could enjoy. And at the end of the day, WWE is a family show. I, I enjoy it. I am not ashamed to say that I have enjoyed the alligator. Hey, long live Slater Gator, man. Long live Slater Gator. I love the pairing. I love the tag team. Love the entrance song. Love the mascot. It's a spot on the list. Speaking of songs, you know what's a botch? Breathe it's horrible, man. It's yeah. just, it's just so bad. Like I think the first time I heard it, I cringed, and every time I hear it, a, a part of me wants to cry. And you know what the what the funny part is? It's that the old Bella theme song is even better. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bree mode makes the old Bella song sound better. Here's the thing. I, I, I've I've 
I don't know. I've maintained this opinion about the Bellas. Uh, I think it's right that they turn Brie face and Nikki heel. Because when you take a look at them from the outset, see Nikki Mohan Koopa, she looks like the bitch, right? And Brie Bella looks like a very sympathetic figure. She looks so nice. Why do you she say? She looks so kind, like you want to hug her. Why do you say Nikki is a bitch? Just because she has fake boobs? Not because of the boobs. I never said that. No, it why? never came out say, of my mouth. She, she looks plastic. And- right. She looks. She she's got the tan. She looks plastic. Parang inayos din yung nose niya and her lips and her hair is all colored. Rest. Are you Brie saying looks more natural? Are you saying people who have gotten cosmetic surgery look like douchebags? No, I did not bitches? say that. You're putting words in my mouth. That's Why? what you're no, no, doing. No, but that's what you're implying. I'm not implying that. I was referring specifically to Nikki fucking Bella. I never said anything that. Shit, I was no. I'm not, I don't want to give out this example, but no. Go say it. Joan Rivers, man. Oh, okay. Never mind. We're not going there. All right? But uh, what I'm trying to say is that when you take a look at Brie and Nikki side by side, si Brie talagang masalatang parang very sympathetic. Maawa ka talaga sa kanya. And having a song that goes just at the very start, nawawala yung impulse ko na maawa sa kanya. That's what I'm trying to say. Me too. I don't like um, this auto-tuned uh Overly auto-tuned theme, audio drop, so so terrible. I I don't like it, man. I expect uh, a full-on dubstep theme, but uh, that didn't happen. Well, you know, I mean, EDM is making its trend, but in the pop scene, they could have at least gone with some EDM no, music for, for Pre Bella. Anyway. Uh, we're talking about the divas. Uh, since we're talking about the divas, Brie and Nikki, they're part of Total Divas. Uh, thankfully, they haven't brought the Total Divas storylines of Brie and Nikki into the canon of Monday Night Raw, but they have brought out the canon from Natalia and Summer Rae and, and all and, these other and divas. Tyson Kidd as well. Tyson Kidd has been dragged into the whole Total Divas shit, and it's it's way more than he deserves. He's a good wrestler, and he deserves more than just uh, you know petty squabbles with his wife, which we all know is fake. Right, right. Uh, why, would, why would I, if I were married, why would I consent to having, if I were fighting with my wife in real, in, in you know, for real, why would I consent for that to be publicized in order for the show to get ratings? If your last name was Kardashian or probably Gutierrez, you probably would consent. No, but, but we all know that if it's legit, I would not want this to be out in the open. Again. If your last no, name is Kardashian. No, no, I'm saying that, come on, everything that, every little conflict you see on reality TV has to be fake. I said no human being is going to consent to wanting the real shit, you know, put on TV for others to see. It, it, it has to be manufactured in some way. If not manufactured, it's going to be, you know, too petty to... To even break a sweat about You know one thing I don't like about this whole Total Divas Entering WWE canon, sto- uh, canon issue Is the fact that The names are different Like uh, the Uso who's married to Naomi Is called John on Total Divas But that's not a big deal I mean, Even TJ and K- Tyson Kidd Kayfabe is dead Remember when I think it was Brock Brock went to the WWE headquarters Let's keep Paul Levesque Yeah exactly the, the, the name Paul Levesque And that's when you know Kayfabe has died and Vince has killed it. <laughs> ah. But that's not my problem with it. My problem with it is that it already uh, bringing it to bringing the feud, the storylines from Total Divas into Raw and SmackDown, it's kind of cheapening what happens on Total Divas even more. 
I, I love know. how def- you're defending fucking no, no, no. Total Divas. You're no, defending I'm, no, its sanctity. No, I'm, I'm looking at it from a business perspective. If I were in charge of Total Divas for WWE, I would want to present Total Divas as being authentic as possible, even though I know and it's pretty obvious that it's fake and manufactured. But the fact that you bring it to, the, to WWE Wrestling TV and that you're using it as fodder for a storyline on Wrestling TV... It's going to tell me that you made this shit up on Total Divas just so you can bring it here. And that kind of makes it look even more fake than it already is. You know and what? that's not good for Total Divas. Now, let me take a step back here. Let me take a step back and just you know, look at these things from a bigger perspective. At the end of the day, Total Divas is TV. WWE is TV. Let me finish this no, point. Yeah, yeah. I know it's the it's- everything is TV uh, thing. But the, the fact is you're marketing Total Divas as reality TV. You know, air quotes, reality TV. All right. And now that, but you don't manufacture or you don't market WWE as reality TV. No, you don't. You don't. So there you go. That's the difference between the two. Again, no, I get that. I get where you're coming from. But where I'm coming from, the man is, and I'm going to stand my ground on this. At the end of the day, it's TV. It's fucking entertainment, right? And some people just really don't give a shit. And whether that's the people watching it, the people behind it, or you know, people who actually give a shit enough about the product, they just probably don't give a shit about this this incontinuity, this mis- miscongruity. And it's not incongruous, someone. It's not. It's not. I don't know. It's not. There is no lapse of continuity here going on. There actually hasn't. It's actually been good. They've been handling it quite well. They've been, you know, matching what goes on in WWE wrestling TV to Total Divas. Better in effort, Dylan, because if you remember from the first season of Total Divas, like there were things that happened already in WWE canon that hindi pa nangyayari in the Total Divas storylines. Because behind the Total Divas, exactly. right? they had to tape that shit. So now, parang medyo contrived nga na pinipilit lang nila. Now, whatever was happening, say, three months ago from the current time, they're trying to re- reintroduce that into the diva storyline today. My thing along with Total Divas is it's okay because, again, like I said before, it's nice for the divas to have another avenue, to have another space for their storytelling. And I get that. But I think the best way to do it is to take something from Total Divas and then you expound on it in wrestling TV. But you don't take all of it from the from the reality show into wrestling TV gets. And we saw that on Raw you when build, Tyson Kidd was right there ringside and acted like he didn't give a shit. You, you, you just build on something from Total Divas. You don't bring the whole thing from Total Divas to Raw. That's that's my thing. That's my problem with it. I think that's what uh, the that's what more most people, most uh, WWE fans, have against the Total Divas storylines. I think that's it. All right. Uh, that being said, last item on the list. Let's let's try to close this with something we're not bitching about and something we're actually happy about. Raw ended last week with the Authority standing tall. Now, let me ask you this: When is the last time you've seen the Authority standing tall at the end of a WWE program? Uh, I don't know. Well, there have been times, but you know, you don't really uh, you don't really remember it all that much because like nothing as resounding. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, sure, they had, they had that spot where Dean Ambrose's head was shoved down uh, or was curb stomped through the cinder blocks, right? At the end, the authority did stand but, tall. Yeah, we all knew that, you know, that was because Dean Ambrose had to be written out to film his movie. But what happened on Raw this week was something where, so, something where we actually saw that the authority had the strength. They had the power and, and they brought down John Cena and Dean Ambrose. The both of them and 
we haven't seen that kind of momentum, you know, ever since before Daniel Bryan won at WrestleMania 30 this year. And that's a good thing because you have to reestablish the presence of the authority first and foremost. Yeah, exactly. Because um, they they haven't had teeth ever since uh, Daniel Bryan was able to get back at them at WrestleMania. And now they're just, you know, treading water, you know, just trying to be there as an ever-present thorn in the side for all the top faces of the company, but never really doing that much damage. So now I think um, they've made a, a good mark again. They've made a resounding statement that, okay, the authority is not to be fucked with because we've managed to curb stomp the top two faces of the company. Top two faces, John Cena and Dean Ambrose. But like for you to say that Dean Ambrose is in that league right now, okay, who is your? If he was, if it wasn't Dean Ambrose, who would you name? That's not what I was trying to get no, at. No, Let, no, 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 hold on. Let me fucking finish. What I was trying to get at was the fact that we we've become so so shallow because of the injuries to fucking Daniel Bryan and to Roman Reigns. Now Dean Ambrose has stepped up to this role as a number oh, two yeah, babyface right, for sure, and that's what I was trying to say. Now you know, CM Punk quit, DB Roman Reigns both injured. Now pucha wala ng choice, and it's a good thing for Dean Ambrose. It's a, it's a very good thing, and as I'm I'm as big a Dean Ambrose fan as they come, and I love the fact that he's actually in that number two babyface spot. So that's what I was trying to say. I think a number three face at the moment is Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> and I'm not sure if that's a bad thing or that or that's a good thing. It's kind of a good thing because, well, it's anything, you know, anything big for Dolph is good. But it's also kind of a bad thing because you only know, I mean, you know that that's only the case because, as you said, the top faces are injured. Right, right. But then again, um, we've said this before. Any injury creates an opening for someone to step up and take the, take the ball. Exactly. Right? Roman Reigns did that for about a month. And now that he's gone, Dean Ambrose is filling in his place. And everyone else below that totem pole should just be really uh, pushing, push, you know, trying their best to get pushed to the moon, however that works for them. And uh, I guess with that, that brings us to the end of this list of things we like and didn't like about things or about wrestling this week. This is Spots Bots and Botches. All right, now for our next segment on this episode of the SGP Podcast, we're bringing back something we debuted on the show last week. Last week was a bit of a flop, but that's because the song was kind of a flop as well. And that's why we're no longer making... We're no longer leaving our fate in the hands of an electronic roulette. All right. We're bringing back Bose Avenue. Basically, if you're new to the podcast, if you're new to this segment, we basically sing a wrestling theme song. Or I basically sing a wrestling theme song. Dude, I'm backing you up this way, <laughs> all right? right? Fine, fine. I'm backing you up. We're basically singing a wrestling theme song the way Boys Avenue would. Because Boys Avenue are a bunch of hacks who only know how to sing a song one way. Right, I'm, I'm sure you've heard a Boys Avenue song at least one point in your life. And if you haven't, well, you'll, you're about to find out. So, so this goes. week, this week we've chosen a song. Now, if you interpret it the way Boys Avenue would, it'll be hilarious. So we're not going to spoil it for you. We're just going to go ahead and do it. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Let's light it up, light it up, light it up, light it tonight. Let's light it up, like shooting stars are burning light up the sky. Let's light it up, light it up, light it up, light it tonight. Let's light it up, let, let the night, let the diamonds just, just shine in your eyes. 
Something about the night is magic I can't explain. Every time the sun goes down, the feelings are changed. Feel my body buzz and feel my temperature rise. Every night's a brand new page. Let's light it up, light it up, light it up, light it tonight. Let's light it up, like shooting stars are burning light up the sky. Oh, let's light it up, light it up, light it up, light it tonight. Let's light it up, let the night, let the diamonds just shine in your eyes. Yeah, hey, I think that was better. Yeah, way better than last. Because Mills' song isn't exactly, you know, melodic. See, this is one thing we realized after doing this segment. You actually have to choose songs that actually have a melody, like yeah, songs yeah, you can actually you ha- sing. Yeah, you actually have to sing it. And then you have to slow it down. Right. You make it emo, make it senti. Yeah. This song, this song is not senti at all. This song works. And we have a song already planned for next week. We have one. It's going to be probably better than this one. I hope it... Well, I hope this is going over because I can't hear any of you laughing if any of you are you are actually laughing. Well, at the end of the day, I hope just, you're uh, laughing. It's just us really making fools of ourselves just right. because it's fun. And at the end of the day, it's all about having fun, right? Right, and we do love our our wrestling theme songs. Yes, we do. And because, you know, this SGB podcast is not just about having fun. We're also out to educate you. That's why this next segment is about, well, we're bringing this one back. We haven't had this for a good, what, three weeks for about a month now. Yeah, because we've always been having guests. We haven't had it for three weeks. Right, sure. so so let's bring this back this week on the SGP Podcast. We call this segment the Word, word of, of the week. week. And this week's Word of the Week is Charisma. Now, charisma has always been misused in the world of wrestling. A lot of us like to throw it around. We've seen it even in video games. Like, there's a charisma rating for every yep. superstar. And I think the video games do get it right. For the most part, diba. Right? But really, what is charisma? Now, a lot of people, once again, have, have misused charisma as personality. Now, let's set this clear right now. Charisma is not equal to personality. Because charisma is part of your personality. The, the level of charisma is... A part of your personality. That's right. Now, charisma has been commonly mistaken as the general excitement behind a character. Yeah, because um, you have guys who are either on fire or really cold pertaining to their uh, momentum in the, in the card, in the roster. And then sometimes, this is where the mistake comes in, sometimes people, when they're bored with someone, say... That this character, this guy, this girl has no charisma. But papi, ano ba talagang charisma, diba? Let's define it, and uh, you know, our definition of charisma is basically the ability to connect with the crowd. Exactly, it's the magnetism, the the ability to make the crowd or whoever else is watching you be attracted to you because of the things you do and the things you say. Now you compare that or you contrast that to what we commonly mistake for charisma, yung, your, the, the general excitement towards you, see, or, or your personality. Like you can have a very gregarious personality or a very defined personality, but if people don't connect with you, if people don't identify with you, or if people just don't really give a shit about you, then you need charisma, right? Right, because you can have um, material. You can be actually, actually charismatic, but you can have some material that just doesn't work. 
So let's give an example of somebody who actually had a good character, pero um, na mistake siya as having no charisma, or as being a black hole of charisma, as we're wont to saying in in uh, the IWC. People like to call Alberto Del Rio as someone who was uncharismatic, and that's only because they don't like what he has to say, and they don't like what he has to say because of the way he was pushed from his debut. Here's the thing about charisma, kasi if someone is charismatic but you don't like the thing he has to say, you're just gonna think of that person as annoying. It's kind of like when you're in the office and there's this new guy and he rubs you the wrong way. Kahit na matalino siya, kahit na sumo kong laude pa siya na galing Kahit magaling siya magsalita, if you don't like what the things he's saying, you'd want to punch him every time he enters the room. And that's a charisma in a way. Right. And it's just that um, just because you're bored with him or you disagree with him does not make him uncharismatic. It just really means you don't like the person. And really, it's not, it's not that person's fault anymore. It's basically your fault because you don't want to give a ch- uh, you don't want to take a chance on this person or give this person a chance. Right. And as we all like to say, uh, as we, you all like to say, Alberto Del Rio did not have charisma. But the only thing there was that he didn't know what to say, the right things to say. You know what? He, he kept going on about destiny and perros. But nobody ever really connected to that for one reason or another. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have charisma. But you know, he did connect to people when he started becoming a good guy. And you could see that. Like for a while, for a very short while, I don't know when the, fresh, when the face turn was very fresh, people were cheering their hearts out for Alberto Del Rio. And um, okay, moving on from Alberto Del Rio, we've also, I've, also had, I've, I've also heard some people... Um, when Wade Barrett first debuted on NXT, I've also heard people call him a black hole of charisma. And that's something I'm going to have to disagree exactly. with. Exactly. You're, uh, you, he's annoying, and that's charismatic. He connects with you in the sense now what he says takes you off, and that's why you boo him. And in the wrestling world, the worst thing you can do to a wrestler is to not react. Bad News Barrett is a forceful talker, and that, in a way, is charisma. Because um, when he talks, you're kind of forced to listen. You're, you're, you kind of have to drop everything and listen to what he has to say. And now, whether you find that thing he has to say interesting or not is a completely different story. Right, right. I mean, the fact that he came out and he got a reaction out of you, that means he's connected to you. And that's why, at the end of the day, BNB is also somebody who's, who's not a black hole of charisma. And again, going back to Alberto Del Rio, people were just making him, you know, wishing he would go away. How about let's give an example of a character who didn't have charisma or who doesn't have charisma. Like someone who just doesn't connect with the crowd. Let me think. A modern example of somebody who doesn't have charisma, and you, you probably still remember him, Big Zeke, Ezekiel Jackson. He played a heel role, then he played a face role. He's done both. And, you know, he could just never really get the crowd to get behind him. And that's because he wasn't able to connect with the crowd either as a bad guy or as a good guy. He was a big dude, and that's about it. I think he was trying to coast on that. And I'm not sure how much he tried to work with it, but he couldn't really, you know, round, round up that personality, that, that, that momentum with the crowd. And... It's Sayang because uh, he, he's, a, he's a bit of a minority. He, he has a good background. He's from South America. He's from Guyana. And that could have been something, guys. But it was nothing. Um, even when he split from the core, he was poised to be the big baby face uh, from the group. But he couldn't 
you know, he couldn't get anything from it. I'm not sure if you're going to agree with me on this one, but how about Ted DiBiase Jr.? Yes, I would like to say that he does not have charisma. Even with the whole DiBiase posse shtick, that he was trying to be a man of the masses. Right. But it just doesn't... It just didn't go well. I think the whole character he was of Ted bland. DiBiase he Jr. Was, he was bland, for sure. He was so poorly written from the theme song. Oh, we were talking no, about no, no, this no, last no, week. The theme song has nothing to do with his charisma. No, but, but what I'm saying is I think the entire character of Ted DiBiase Jr. was really just a flop. And him having no charisma didn't do him any favors. Now It was obvious that Cody was going to be the bigger star. Right, right. Now, as for the women, we have a modern example as well. And she's actually still on the main roster. Eva Marie has no charisma at all. If she's hot, sure. And that's why I watch her, but I don't like I wouldn't really listen to what she says other than the fact that oh she sounds sexy or oh she sounds hot. Like she's the type of girl I would work with in the studio just so I can teach her how to sound sexy. <laughs> but I wouldn't watch her, you know, just to have her connect with me. You get what I mean? Right, right. And well, yeah, that's uh, there you go. That those are the people who don't have charisma. That, those are examples of people who do not have charisma. Those are your black holes of charisma. Now you know what the difference is between charisma and being a black hole of charisma. And that, my friends, is our Word of, of the, the week. week. I mentioned at the start of the podcast that it's been a very, very interesting week in pro wrestling. And I can say that twice as much for Philippine wrestling. We say this because we were both... We actually had VIP seats. Thank you, by the way, to PWR. I actually don't want to mention it so much, but uh, now that it's out there, I guess. I think it was quite obvious from where we were sitting uh, at the show. But yes, thank you to PWR for hooking us up. And it was we enjoyed the show. We enjoyed the show. It was PWR Renaissance, their first ever show. And it was a solid outing for Philippine Wrestling Revolution. Actually, at this point, we'd like to take a few moments to pretty much give our give our SGP review of the show as it happened. Right. And just because there are boys and just because we've had them here doesn't mean that we'll always be sugarcoating our review for them. Right, right. I mean, uh, there, of course, there were a lot of good things, and there were also some not-so-good things, but we'd, we'd rather address them as points for improvement. Exactly, and that's the, point for, that's the whole point of the feedbacking process. We're trying to help each other grow, help each other work together, so I hope that you know, our boys and girls from PWR are tuned in because it, it's, it's, it's nice actually just feed off of each other, bounce some ideas around. That's, that's basically how I like to work. And how, yeah, and, and we'd like to say, Namanda, we really did enjoy it. We really did think it was a good show. Like, honest to goodness. Yeah, we fucking enjoyed it. Was it was fun. It was a lot Mad of fun. fun. So con- on that point, congratulations, Pala, to PWR for putting on Renaissance. If you missed it, you lose because you missed out on a great show. You're damn right, and you're probably just going to be stuck to reading recaps because they're not on a network yet. Right, and not just reading recaps, but you know, reading the discussion, reading the excitement of the people who went to the show, and realizing, God. Damn, I missed out on such a good show. I slept at like 2, 3 a.m. because I was still so high from the show. And it ended at mga 10, 11. Like, we went home at 11. Right, 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 right. I was up until 2, 3 a.m. Just because just I was so excited. about it. Holy shit, it actually fucking happened. We actually saw a live wrestling show in the Philippines that, that the, the local wrestlers yeah, put together. That didn't, that didn't involve uh, wrestlers from the States coming here. That's right. It was all Filipino. All Filipino, so you know it, it's something to be proud of as a Pinoy. So let's start off by uh, talking about the opening. I think it was a good call to have the Royal Flush come out, like try to set the story, try to draw heat towards themselves. I love Brian Leo on the mic. Let me just put it out there. I agree. I agree with the whole um, opening the show with a segment with a promo. Uh, it 
kind of made me feel that we were just watching a house show. And that, and you're right, Brian Leo is a godsend on the mic. He's and golden not on just, the mic. I'm not just saying that because he's my boy, but I'm also saying that because, uh, honest to God, there is no one on his level when it comes to charisma. Here we go again, charisma, and he has it in loads. And he's able to connect with the crowd. He's able to try to rile you up, like he's able to get you to hate him, so you're going to want to yell invectives at him. Like, I was the guy who was yelling burgis and yelling <laughs> elitista at the guy. And yeah. I didn't hold back because I knew that was the reaction that he wanted to get out of me, right? Exactly. So, yeah, having the Royal Flush come out, Brian Leo, Scarlett, and Robin saying do their thing, it was pretty fun. It was a fun thing until May- and then Mayhem Brannigan comes out, right? And it establishes his place as the good guy. Right. And, well, uh, for those who don't know, it devolved. Well, not that it devolved. It went into a match between Robin Sane and Mayhem Brannigan. Which uh, Mayhem Brannigan won by countout. No, by KO. Sorry, KO, yeah. By KO. And I think we have something to say about that. Because, right. Because um, here's the thing about KO finishes, whether it's... In PWR, in WWE, in mainstream wrestling, here's the thing about them. It's that in pro wrestling, uh, a fan watching pro wrestling, or at least someone who has been watching it for so long now, is not conditioned to expect a, a knockout finish. Mas lalo na pag-casual fan. Kasi pag-casual fan ka, or if you're a newcomer to the wrestling uh, wrestling world, you expect a match to end either with someone tapping out or with someone counting the one, two, three. Well, and for a match to just be called over because of a knockout, it's kind of confusing because I know my date was asking me about that. Oh, what did she say? Uh, please do it. I, I want to I wanna know what she said from, from a casual fan's point of view. Not a casual fan. She's actually a newcomer, like a relative newcomer to wrestling. I, I, I consider that as a casual fan. Right. So she asked me, so what happened? And I'm like, you know what? I'm trying to figure that out myself. In the announcement, it's a knockout. And I'm like, I guess he's knocked out. He's not Robin Sane. So I had to explain how some matches actually can be ended by knockout, kind of like in the world of boxing or in MMA. Right. And the thing I say about... Uh, Boxing is that an MMA is that um, when you when you witness a knockout in those sports, the crowd goes crazy because they're conditioned to expect a knockout as a, as a condition for victory. If not, you know, a decision at the end. Well, uh, when both fighters are still standing. But in wrestling, we're conditioned that a match ends in a pinfall or in a submission. Not just that, but a match ends in dramatic fashion. That's right. Because it's a story. Not- and knockouts are hardly dramatic, kasi. That's my thing. It's it, they're way too sudden to be dramatic. They're they're kind of anticlimactic, to be honest with you. Ako kasi, I was actually expecting Mayhem to come up you know, to, to use his finisher on Robinson and to end it, diba? So I guess out of instinct, because of how I'm conditioned to watch a wrestling match or a show, when the knockout finish was announced, I was like, yun na yun? Exactly. Yun so medyo bitin, diba? And that's an example of how unpredictability doesn't always work uh, positively. Because I, I know people, wrestling fans especially, are always on the case of wrestling isn't so, is so predictable, it's so damn predictable that it's not exciting. But they fail to realize that when it's unpredictable, so unpredictable, you, it's also not exciting. Right, right. And I think this is what happened here. Not to say that um, it wasn't a good match, because it was a damn good match. Uh, g- kudos to Robin Sane and Mayhem Brannigan. But it was just too sudden and too anticlimactic to, um, to ever be an exciting, dramatic finish. And I guess 
the crowd popped all the same because they witnessed a good match. But I can't say they were too much happy about that KO finish. I will say this though, Mayhem Brannigan has won fans because of his, I guess his anti-heroic nature. Na parang he's willing to get himself arrested. He's, no, he's not just that, but he's insane. Right. Which is ironic because Calabria is Rob Insane. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And people love Insane. Yeah, so that's why you know, that's why I said nah, you know, I just had to put it out there. May and Brannigan, you've won over some fans, so good on you, buddy. A better finish there would have been, um, which would have accomplished the same thing, pala. A better finish would, would be Brannigan hitting his finisher and just covering up for the one, two, three. And then if you really want to sell the KO angle, then just have Rob Insane lying there uh, without... You know, without moving, without even twitching, and that's that's when you know that oh, this guy's knocked out. Or have him get up, try to attack Brannigan, and have Mayhem attack him with the finisher again, and then leave him not moving. There you go. So th- th- those are other ways, but then you could have gone over the same uh, the same finish, but in a different manner, in a different method. Nobody uh, nobody really does KO finishes anymore, I say. It's it, it's not a thing in modern wrestling. At this point, so um, parang sa- nasayangan lang ako, I guess, because I was expecting yeah, it was a, the, it was a hot finish. No, the thing is, it was a hot match. It was a really hot match, and a finish as sudden as that was just too cold. Right, that's right. the thing. Yun lang. All right, uh, next match after the uh, Mayhem Brannigan and Robinson match, yeah, the human trending topic, the social media sinister. Our boy Ken Warren taking on another one of our boys. Uh, the man who upholds Panzermonium, Chris Panzer. And it was also a damn good match. Another damn good match. I enjoyed that match. I thought that they were pretty fluid. Like, if I were to rate all of the matches, I think I'd put Ken Warren and Chris Panzer up there among the most fluid matches from Renaissance. Chris Panzer is such a marketable star. He really is. He's got the look. He's got the natural athleticism. He's got... He's got everything you could ask for, I guess, in, in a face you'd want to build around this early on in the promotion. And there's no knock on everyone else. I'm just saying that um, I would really, you know, bank on Chris Panzer. I think he's a natural athlete. I mean, he he comes off as a natural athlete. Yeah, he does. He does. And, you know, I, I mean, like, uh, Chris Panzer has the look. And I say this, uh, not just the body mismo, but the face. Because... Um, when you uh, to put it bluntly out there, one of the one of the surefire ways to get people to get behind a baby face is for him to be well to be guapo, right? Exactly. And well, I hope no one else gets offended. But the fact is, we're not all equal. We're right, not made right. equal. And it just so happens. Okay, this is like, there is no way for me to say this without potentially offending anyone, right? I don't know, man. right? It, there's just no way. No, but the thing is. Let's take a look at WWE. You have John Cena as your golden boy. And John Cena is guapo. Right, he is. Right? Uh, Daniel Bryan, to some extent, is guapo. In a way, yeah. Roman Reigns is, is also guapo. Yeah, uh, shout out to Brian Leo. <laughs> right. Who thinks he's a sexy beast. See, there's a reason why Kane could never be a top face. <laughs> Let's put it out there. There's a reason why Kane could never be a top face in the WWE. There's a reason why... Devon hey. Dudley could never be a top face. Glenn Jacobs is a decent-looking man. He has a wife. I get that, <laughs> but I'm not saying that. Pare hindi pang matine aydo si Glenn Jacobs. Hindi siya level ni Piolo Pascual. Fine, fine. But so that, uh, that's what I'm trying to say. The reason why Papa P has legions and legions of fans is number one, guapo siya. And we have to be honest here. It's that pro wrestling is mostly an appearance-based uh, industry. It's an appearance-based business that we cannot really discount 
the factor that appearance plays. I mean, sure, you can work well, but at the end of the day, appearance is also a big thing. People it, will not buy you if you don't look good. But um, again, not to say that nobody doesn't look good. I mean, nobody uh, looks bad. Or stuff like that. Oh, God, I'm messing up my words now. <laughs> I don't even know my double negatives anymore. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. But I, uh, go on, go on. Finish your point. God, what was my point? <laughs> Again, I'm just saying that, yeah, as I was saying, physical appearance is a big deal. It's a deal. You know, it's a family show. Wrestling, wrestling events tend to be family affairs for the most part, right? So you have to find somebody or a character that the wives, the mothers, and the children can get behind. And a good-looking guy is one easy way to get them to support a wrestler, to get them to support the cause of having their father or their big brother to go watch shows. Because Chris Panzer, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch this guapo guy. So there, I guess that's, that's basically the reason why on Facebook, especially in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash smart gilas Filipinas, cheap pop. We've been, you know, we've been basically advocating for Chris Panzer to be the guy you push, the guy, uh, the, the baby face to build around because guapo siya. But, you know, going back to the match, um, it, again, it, it was a very fluid affair. I liked how they traded moves back and forth. Uh, Roe Ro actually pointed out during the match that it was very reminiscent of, an, of a typical indie wrestling match. And I kind of don't mean this in a good way. No, go on. No, go on. So, like, I, I have a different opinion about this, but you can, you know, you can no, bring out yours. Again, it's 50% personal preference and it's 50% in-ring storytelling and the logic thereof. It's that um, there are certain kinds of sequences that lead into a finish. And the finish has to be the biggest sequence of all in a match. Because if you have some pretty big moments that aren't the end all of the match you're gonna kind of underwhelm sorry underwhelm your finish your actual finishing sequence let's give an example um about what you're referring to but like uh let's let's go back to john cena when his five moves of doom happens you know that some shit's gonna go down exactly when when you're in a tag team match let's take the usos against golden stardust when Jimmy Uso is about to tag in Jay Uso for the hot tag. You know that something's about to happen. They build up to that hot tag. You need crescendo, mo, diba? Yeah, thank you for saying crescendo because crescendo is exactly how a match is supposed to go. Right. It has to go up. Yes. No, no, no. No, Not, you use the wrong term. Okay, na sana eh. It. What happens kasi sometimes is that kung may crescendo, tapos babalik ng ano, babalik ng piano. Right. From forte, magiging piano. Okay. And that's it kind of throws you off in in wrestling because um you want the big drama kasi. And that doesn't happen when the when the big sequences don't end the match, but the smaller sequences do. But don't get us wrong. Ako naman, on my from from my point of view, there was something also enjoyable about the false finishes. Para ah, hindi pa tapos, hindi pa tapos. No, yeah, that's okay if the ending finish uh, if the ending sequence is the biggest one of all. Right. Um, I think the I think the it's one like, reason okay, why can I give you an example? No, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. But yeah, let me finish my point after right, your example. Right, right. Oh, me first. Yeah, me yeah, first. go. Right. Go give your example. Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, their last match. WrestleMania twenty six. Right. Um, there were a lot of false finishes that weren't able that saw both men not being able to put the other guy away. Right. And do you know what ended the match for Taker or for Sean? When Sean slapped Taker. No, 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 no. I mean, do you know the finish? 
the particular sequence that ended the match, resulting in the Taker victory. I think jumping tombstone, right? Yes, the jumping tombstone. But that's only after Sean was able to kick out of the many other tombstones and many other signature Taker moves. Right, so kung you, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. So parang kung si Mariah Carey, pag bumirit na siya at her absolute peak, like you know that's when she's at, at, her, at, her, at her peak. Like, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I kind of get what you're trying to say. <laughs> and to expound on that uh, metaphor, it's like Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. The, the key change is at the end, not the middle. Right, right. Diba? Yeah, yeah. So, yun. Pero ang sa akin naman is, I enjoyed the false finishes and, and I'll give you that. Right. right? I'll, I'll okay. give you that. But um, I guess the ending wasn't what we would have quite hoped it would be. Just because, number one, as what Rose said, yung, ano nga, um, it wasn't the highest point of the match. And second, I don't know, if Ken Warren was going to win, I would have expected him to fucking cheat. That's true, that's true. And, well, not to say that Chris Panzer cannot gain back any momentum he might have lost by, by losing to Ken Warren, but uh, he, Ken Warren is the heel. There's nothing wrong with the heel going over in a cheap way. Right. So, ilang. Um, it would have been nice, I guess, to make me hate him more as a character, hate Ken Warren more. Diba? I, I know it's a showcase of the two guys' talents, and they're both really talented. Right. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I enjoyed the match. Like, if I had to pick one match as my favorite from the card, it would have been that match, Ken Warren versus Chris Panzer. Okay, so I'm pretty sure that that is your pick of the week. Yes, it is. Now, I, I was, I was going to save that, but thank you for you know, <laughs> leading me into it. it. It's my pick of the week, Ken Warren and Chris Panzer. I enjoyed the match. My date enjoyed this match the best in the card as well. Chris Panzer, papi. I don't know, man. Well, I can tell you that my date also uh, thought Chris Panzer was handsome. But at the end of the night, who did our dates go home with? <laughs> That's what I'm talking si about right Chris, here. Papi, si Papi Chris Panzer, si Mr. Steal Your Girl, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, shit. A One Direction reference on the SGP podcast. Holy fucking Wait, hell. No One Direction. Dude, their, their latest song is Steal Your Girl. What? I'm not. That I was, kid you that not. That was a Trey Songs reference. It's a One Direction reference no, right now, no, bro. I, I made it a Trey Songs reference. It's a Mr. Steal Your Girl. Too bad. 1D Steal Your Girl. New single. Check it out. Damn you and your radio job. Oh, fuck no. I've said it on the air. I've said it on the record. I'm a closet directioner, all right? If I had tickets to their show next year, I would fucking watch it. You heard it here first. Sam is a pussy. Uh, No. I fucking like boy band music, and it transcends yeah, so do, generations. So do I, but not One Direction. Come on. I don't like Lawson, dude. I don't like 5SO fucking S. I don't I know who those guys are. I, I can fucking stand One who Direction, all right? Who is Lawson? Google mo na lang. Google mo lang. Right, we digress. We digress. Let's go back to the card, to the card, to the card. Um, next up on that card, Mike Vargas and Main Max. It was a fun match. Uh, I knew it was going to be a fun Haas match. You know, I love the entrances very, very much. I love Main Max's song, and I love the way Mike Vargas came in. Uh, of course, anybody who uses Remember the Name gets plus points in my book. But the way he came in, he, know, he knows it. Marunong siyang pumasok. He knows how to make an entrance, and he played it up the best he could, which is great. Except for throwing your fucking dog tags. Dapat di ko binalik, bro. Watch it, man. Rose Date almost got hit. And I'm just backing my boy up right here, man. 
I, I, it's all forgiven in my end. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, you're just starting shit now. No, I'm not starting shit, bro. Yes, you are. I'm not starting shit. You're just it, starting shit. No, now. it was pretty funny though. It was pretty funny. But, oh, holy shit, man! Fucking toss your dog tags properly. You, you can toss your shirt. You can toss your cap, but not the dog tag. That shit is heavy. That could, <laughs> that could hurt someone. That could put an eye out, man. Actually, oh, you know, hitting hitting someone the wrong way. But you know, the match though, that was a hoss match, as you said. Right, and um, it was very stiff. Main Max is very reminiscent of a certain Joe from Samoa. That's right. Not uh, just in appearance, but in the way he works. He's kind of stiff, and it's kind of be it's gonna be a drag for someone who gets in the ring with him. But my date loved this match because it was so hard hitting. You know, there was this one spot where Main Max hit Mike Vargas really hard on the side of the head, and I was right. like, "Shit, pareng sakit bukas." Yep. And I, you know, uh, like I said in SGP, I once took a kick like that to the side of my head, and I, and I lost half a molar. And <laughs> it's glad to it's glad to know that Mike Vargas is all right. Yeah, we're happy, you know, we're, we're really happy that you are all right. But since we're talking about uh, wrestling moves happening outside the context of wrestling, remember remember what the announcer said, the voice of PWR. I forget his name, but the voice of Barry PWR. Navarro. Thank you, Barry Navarro said at the very start of the show. Uh, he gave a warning, right? Right. Don't do this at home. Don't try this at home. Are we going to this now? Why not? Since you know, right. since we were talking about the kicks and uh, you know, working very stiffly, let's let's go into this. Now, there's a bit of a disconnect between uh, when when the people you're watching tell you not to do the shit that they're doing. It's not the moment that there's a disconnect. It's more of um, it's more of uh, understanding that people in the business have to say that. But we all know that people do it. You know, non-wrestlers do it. Kids do it. Fans do it. Because, hell, it's fun. We, we have to put it out there. It's dangerous, but it's fun. And without trying it for yourselves at home, how are we ever going to get new blood in the business? Right. Because right. how are you going to know that you like it or that you can do it or that you can't do it? There are people who get int- who get into the business from being bouncers or football players or models and there are those and that's a really kind of a minority with regard to the people who are in the business but most of them have to be guys who at one point in their lives have tried it at home at school or anywhere you know row out here has has uh, already made it clear he wants to be a wrestler one day he wants to get in through those ropes yep. and um, i'm going to put it on the record i don't I don't want to be a wrestler. Like, as far as my involvement in the yeah, business goes... Yeah, you heard it right here on the podcast. Stan is a pussy. No, I'm, I'm not <laughs> a pussy. I know where my role is. I shut my mouth, and I know my fucking role. Okay. And I quote, You know your damn role, and shut your damn mouth. And my role is behind the mic. And I know this because I've tried my fair share of horsing mm. around in school as well with my friends. Right. So I, I know where I stand, right? So I guess what, what we're trying to say is... It's kind of weird that people go out and tell you not to do this shit at home when you know that they have to. People will do it. People will do it. It's not that they have to. It's just that they will. It's kind of like telling your kids, giving them advice, diba? Na parang, oh, wag ka sasama sa mga friends na yan. But Is in it, the end, they're probably going to do it anyway. It takes a certain kind of crazy to want to be a wrestler. Because after you try it at home, it's like you get a sense of, after you get hurt, you get a sense of whether you really want to do this for a living or not. And, and then, and then, and then, then, then yeah, no, no. and then if you choose to continue uh, pursuing it even after going through pain, that's the crazy part. 
hindi lang yun sa wrestling, right? Like even in other things that people normally do. Like let's say let's say drinking alcohol or smoking cigarettes, diba? When you try it, you get a sense of whether or not I like this. I want to keep doing this or this is something I'd rather keep my hands off of. So good in wrestling, but you have to try it for you to get a sense of whether or not this is something you'd want to keep doing moving forward. But it's not that's not the reason why people try it though when they're kids. It's that they try it because it's fun. It, course, it looks fun to do all those moves. Right, right. No, I only say ang atake ko na was the basic human instinct of curiosity. Now you see something and you want to try it out for yourself. Exactly. That's the thing. Right, That's the right. Thing. But not necessarily because you want to do it uh, when you grow up. It's just you do it because it's fun and you want to try it out. And be, and because at the end of the day, you're you're curious. So exactly. Yeah, that, right. That's uh, that's that's basically our thing on the whole warning, about Okay. That again, we always yeah, hear. we've been digressing again. Again, but yeah, let's let's go back. Uh, finish this this one up on Main Max and Mike Vargas. And yeah, um, my date also really liked this match because again, it was hard hitting, and it well, the realer it looks. The realer it is, the more painful it seems to be. The I think better. The more it is. painful it is. Period. Yeah, it is. Right. Uh, you know, kudos to Mike Vargas, but kudos as well to Main Max because this show pretty much served as Main Max's coming out party. Not that he's gay, but he is a star. Yeah, he uh, is a star in the making. He just came out and bulldozed everyone. Kudos. In his yeah. Way. Kudos to those behind uh, the booking that. They understood what to do with the biggest guy on the roster. He's what, 6'2", 260? Probably something like that. And damn, and he knows what to do. And, you know, he just comes out, destroys people. That's the best way to push the biggest guy. Silent Rage. I love it. I, I love the character. Remember that Stone Cold t-shirt? Arrive, race hell, leave. That's right. exactly the blueprint that Main Max followed. Yeah, and fans, you better think twice about saying or calling him Bunging. Anywhere near him. Yeah, because, you know, my feeling shop, papi. Oh, oh, and he is no bunging. If he is a bunging, he's a bunging that can kick your ass. He's a bunging that can fucking choke bomb you. Just ask Epitaph. Yeah. And and I like to think the man that by the time he went out to destroy, like, the third person of the night, I think, I, I think by that time, the crowd were was won over. To his potential. Right, right. Um, well, one of the people he destroyed actually was Apocalypse, and they were the next match on the card. It was Apocalypse versus Bombay Suarez in a no holds barred match. Am I getting my sequence correctly? Yeah, uh, yes, yes. They correct. were the next match on the card, right? Yeah. So it was a no holds barred match between Bombay Suarez and Apocalypse, two crazy motherfuckers. Two crazy motherfuckers. And I'd like to reiterate. People love crazy. People love insane. And that's what they did. That's what they put out in that match. They took suplexes on the floor. They, they, took, uh, they did some uh, diving moves to the floor. It's all crazy because um, consider the floor of the Makati Cinema Square Arena, the PWR Arena, it was hard. There, were no, there was no padding surrounding ringside. That's right. And one thing, though, I liked very much about that match was Bombay Suarez paying homage to Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, the, the three amigos. The three amigos and the frog splash pot. Um, apparently, and I, I learned this from, uh, from our boys in PWR, Bombay Suarez is also a huge Eddie Guerrero fan. Uh, well, like us. Like us, that's like right. Us. And he, he actually prays to Eddie before he gets in the ring. <laughs> prays to Eddie. Hey, you know. <laughs> that's uh, interesting. I'm not going to knock on that. You know, much respect to you, Bombay Suarez, because you and I, or you and us, we have something in common. Right. And as I was saying, people love crazy. They love it when, they, when you put your bodies on the line for them because uh, they love the balls you show out there. 
you know, I just wish they had a punching bag spot, you know? Nandun ka Yeah, right there. And they were probably afraid that they would, you know, erect the punching bags. But Kasi hindi ka nila yun. Yeah, diba? Right. But, you know, they had they had a table set up. They had the wooden steps. Uh, they had they also had a steel chair. Bombay Suarez fucking came out with a fucking steel chair. Like, from the start, you knew this was going to be messy. It wasn't going to be some technical affair, right? And looking at it, the look, the look of Bombay Suarez really reminded me of Raven. And yeah. I'm not sure if it was intentional or not, but it was very Raven to Probably me. Probably not, since Eddie Guerrero is his favorite uh, superstar. But yeah, um, I, I, I loved it. I, I loved how he just came out with a bang. He goes out smoking a cigarette or like drinking a can of beer or some shit. <laughs> but yeah, um, I appreciated it. And then, of course, after the match, after, after Bombay won, um, Main Max comes in and destroys fucking Apocalypse. Yep, and parang, wow, like... This masked guy isn't even safe. Right. The main Max. Yeah, so parang kinain siya ni Main Max. <laughs> without even a hint of extra rice. Yeah, without so much <laughs> as a whimper. So yeah, may, uh, good booking right there. Alright, um, next match I think was the Canto Terror Chaos Classic. Right, and pretty much a show of characters that entertained the fans. That's right. You had Canto Terror, who was pretty much the lead character in that little, uh, that little segment. Uh, you had the Nelson Jr. Right, uh, and Epitaph. Bas- yeah, a basketball player and someone from Parts Unknown. Right. So you had a drunk guy, a barangay baller, and some guy from Parts Unknown. It was kind of fun. It was fun because uh, KT played his role well. KT came out like barely able to stand up. KT is 100% a character actor. And I loved it. I, I love how Bobby Bland had to come in and help Canto Terror make his way to the ring. Like he was drinking Red Horse and he came out to Lak Lak. Dude, he came out <laughs> to fucking Lak Lak. And there was no other way really. If he didn't come out to Lak Lak, I, I wouldn't know what would have happened there. It was great. It was it, it, It's a great character all around. Um, I think Canto Terror is... The most over PWR wrestler, based on character alone. Yeah, I, I have to say, um, with Nelson Jr. probably being a close second. You can work your ass off doing a whole lot of moves, doing a whole dramatic match, but if you don't have a character people can be entertained by, you only have you've only won half of the battle. You know, Nelson Jr. He comes in right dribbling and stuff, and you know, with with the whole baller gimmick. Now, hindi mo alam kung like he's a, he's supposed to be a street baller or a globetrotter. He's wearing a headband and his jersey. Uh, it, it was funny. It was uh, really, the really Nelson funny. Jr. was actually paying homage to uh, Sugar Dunkerton, the independent wrestler who is working as a basketball player, which apparently um, D. Nelson Jr. himself is a fan of. Which is actually nice. It's a nice character, especially for uh, a basketball crazed society such as ours. Right, and at the end, you have all all three guys. Wait, putting people, on a... people were cr- were chanting defense. That's right. I remember that. I was one of them. <laughs> Me too. Defense, defense, dude. That's how you know your character got over. And that's how you know you got over. Yeah. So good job, uh, Nelson. So um, you you hit a home run. Well, not a home run. A three-point with that. Uh, a slam dunk. A slam, slam dunk. dunk. Dude. A slam dunk with the character. What the fuck? Sorry. I was, I was going through my sports analogies. Right. So, yeah. Uh, and then after these three guys put on a very entertaining match, Main Max comes in and destroys all three motherfuckers. All three of them. Just eating them all up. With the climactic point being him putting Epitaph through that choke bomb. 
Let's sit out choke bomb. Picture perfect choke bomb. And that's how you say book it. You can hashtag that. Thanks, KW. <laughs> that, was a, that was a great way to pretty much cement Main Max's spot that's as true. the resident monster hoss in PWR. And of course, the main event, you had classical Brian Leo taking on the Senorito, Jake DeLeon. Um, you know, we've, we heard from Brian Leo a lot throughout the show. But JDL, he was, he was virtually silent through, you know, yung simula ng show. And I don't know, I, I guess it's because he's the good guy. Na parang, he's not going to run his mouth. Yeah, there is a sense of quiet intensity going through the babyface's mind. Right, right. And I guess that's something worth appreciating. You know, the entrances were nothing short of what we expected from, you know, from the main event good guy and the main event bad guy. Yeah, um, well, JDL was a man of the people. And he did that. He shook hands with pretty much almost everyone in sight. And Brian Leo was his usual, um, uh, you know, condescending self. From the first world. From the first world. And they went out and put on an actual match. They, they told the story. They told the story. I think, um, uh, well, other than the Kanto Chaos Challenge, the classic, uh, theirs was the only match that told the story. Right, right. They had psychology. They had... Um, uh, Brian Leo working on uh, JDL's injured knee. You know, you have to give it to JDL for being a great actor as well. A great worker, indeed. Um, and it's you—you it, you, kind of see that, and then you kind of realize that they—they—they they, they figured it out. They got it right. They know what to do. They knew they're their not role. just in there to put on a spot fest. They knew their roles, and that's something worth commending. And yeah, that is what makes them. Above and beyond everything else that happened that night. That's what makes him the main event. And that's what makes him your pick of the week. Exactly. And that is my pick of the week, as Stan just mentioned. Because uh, this story, this match, this good working, this good acting, this good storytelling, it just really separated them from the rest of the pack. Again, no offense to everyone who put their bodies on the line at Renaissance. But these guys understood it. It clicked with them. So that is my pick of the week. All right. Um, of course, uh, JDL Brian Leo ending in controversial fashion yes, at okay. Renaissance. It is my pick of the week, but that doesn't mean we cannot uh, criticize the finish that went down. It was confusing and not in a good way. It wasn't, uh, oh, no, what's happening now? I'm excited for this. It's more like, huh? Yeah, and you could actually hear that in the arena. And I'm not saying this, this, this shit on PWR. It was really more of parang... Just a, a, a huge ass question mark in everybody's mind. Yeah, what, because what happened? Um, it's a, the finish. A kind of finish like that is gonna throw a bucket of water on a hot crowd. Hold on, let's 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 rewind a bit and let's explain how the finish oh, yeah, went. Yeah, yeah. Down. My bad, my bad. Okay, so what really happened was that at first, I think it was JDL who pinned Brian Leo uh, successfully for the three count, but I think Leo's. Um, foot was it or arm yeah it was on the ropes was on the ropes so they had to restart the match right and they did and then uh jdl managed to overcome again and hit his finisher the alipin drop right and then managed to get the pinfall again and brian leo was announced as the winner which was a mistake uh on the announcer's part Uh uh-huh and jdl was the actual winner right right so, you know, JDL celebrates him being a man of the people. Brian Leo storms off, knocks over some tables, you know, tries to, like, get in the face of the crowd. And then Brian Leo comes back out and challenges JDL to a rematch. 
which JDL loses entirely, like you know, like like a squash match or like a squash match would have been, uh, thanks to Brian Leo's finisher, and Brian Leo comes out the winner. He tries to beat JDL up again, and Bombay Suarez comes in for the save. Right, and it could have been so much simpler. To be honest with you, it could have been so much simpler. We did not have to go through the match restarting and the second on, uh, the on-car match happening just so we can see Bombay Suarez come in and save the day. All I wanted to see there was if JDL was supposed to win, then have him win cleanly. Right, then, right. Have um, Brian Leo beat him up? Have right. Bombay Suarez come in and, and that, clean house? There you go. That That isn't very hard. It's not very it, complicated. Yeah, and... The thing about this is, um, it, this kind of booking, the, what ha- what we saw, it only really works if you know your next show is coming up soon. And when we say soon, like in the next few days. Right, because now uh, we all know by now that the next PWR show will be held on December 6th. Don't miss it, by the way, because we're going to be there and we're looking forward to seeing it. But December 6th is a pretty long time away from September 27th. So layover, So you risk some fans actually forgetting what went down. Yeah, and the boys are gonna hustle to you know to advance their story to progress, and no, there's no doubt about that. But it's at the end of the day, it's still a long ass window of time, as you said. And sana na lang, um, we could have kept things simple if we're not gonna be you know holding shows every week. Right, right. So I guess that's it. That's it, really. I mean, um, you know, as a wrestling fan. It it was confusing already for me, and I'd like to think that I've gone a few notches up above that casual fan stage, deba. Right? But like uh, having to explain that to somebody who was relatively new to you know watching wrestling when I myself didn't get it. Yeah, the, exactly. The, 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 even the casual fans did not did not get it. No, here's the thing: the casual fans didn't get it, but the diehard supposedly didn't get it either. Kaya like how do you explain something you don't understand and I guess as a as a viewer and as a viewer who appreciates a good story but you know at the end of the day it was a great show it was a good show and, and I really don't want to take away anything from any of the boys and girls who were part of that show because by all means it was wonderful it was a whole lot of fun so I guess what what we want to say is we want to congratulate you at the end of the day. And what we're saying here, even, uh, uh, the criticisms we pointed out, they're points for improvement. Yep. And um, that's not again. It's not to say that we thought anything was bad. Is it? No. Nothing uh, was particularly offensive. Right. It, it nothing wasn't. Nothing was egregious at the show. Like I came in just expecting to have a good time after so three was hours. I. So did I. And three hours and, later, we were talking about this shit at McDonald's, exactly. and we were having a blast. And that that goes to show that whatever you did, PWR, it worked. But that doesn't mean it was perfect. Right. So that's the point. And we want we want us to grow. You know, we want you guys to learn. We want to learn off of each other, and that's why we're saying this on the podcast right now. If you're tuned in, please rate us. Give us feedback. Rate us on iTunes because we're on iTunes, and you know we just want to grow off of each other's feedback. Right. That is here. one hell of a segue. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Thank you. But yeah. So, so please do rate us or if you are on Twitter you can hit us up mine is at Stan947 and mine is at Roa's War let us know what you think about the podcast if you agree or disagree with anything we've said from the video games we talked about to Spots and Botches to, to Charisma, Avenue, yeah, to Charisma to our review of PWR Renaissance or even our picks of the week have at us 
Let us know and, you know, let's talk. We're also on Facebook, by the way. Do join our group. It's facebook.com slash groups slash Pilipinas. We talk wrestling 24-7-365. Right. And for those who are listening to us on the internet, on your browsers, you can also listen to us by subscribing to our podcast, whether it's on iTunes for iOS, on the iTunes store, or on your favorite podcast app on Android. So I've, I'm, on, I'm on Android. And I'm on iTunes. And my favorite podcast app is Podcast Addict. And it lets me subscribe to, the, to any podcast I want very easily and lets me download them very easily as well. Right. That way you don't have to wait for when we announce yeah, a hey, so new episode. You, right. So all you have to do there is type in the search box, Smart Gilas Filipinas. Right. And, and the rest is history. That's right. Now, you know, uh, we can't close the show without thanking PWR for making us a part of their show. Uh, they And being a part of our show as well. That's right. Uh, they were on the Smart Gilas PDPs for three weeks running. Hell, we're talking about them again for the fourth straight week. And we were you know, we were acknowledged as a group at the show. And that's something that... Yeah, that was really surprising to me. Very touching. I, I wasn't expecting that at all. But okay, Neither we, was we I, did man. you guys a favor, but... We, we we were happy to have these guys on the show. I I didn't really need to have a shout out on the show itself. But we got to thank the voices yeah, of do, PWR, yeah. the the head honchos. Thank you guys. Thank so much. you guys so much for giving us some publicity. And we might have been a bit a tad bit obnoxious at the show. Well, eh. <laughs> we were just being ourselves. To be very very honest, uh, I guess that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Smart Gilas Filipinas podcast. Download. Listen, tell your friends, and we will catch you again next week. Right. We have fucked up way too much tonight. Uh, we hope you're, you're, you're warm inside your house, you're keeping dry, and you're, you've, been, uh, you've won against the traffic tonight. So with that, peace. Peace out. <laughs>